Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin Sayyidina wa sanadina wa habibina wa shafi'ina wa maulana sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa azwajihi wa dhuriyatihi wa ahli baytihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddini wa ba'd So we will continue uh, where we left off and uh, hopefully we will get this chapter uh, done before the beginning of Ramadan. And once Ramadan starts, we will probably start another series. Although if there are people who uh, uh, wish to, I guess, continue and finish the, the Kitab Jami'ah, there, Kitab Jami'ah has a couple of, uh, and so this is just one of them. We're gonna finish this chapter, inshallah. If there are people who would like to continue with it, uh, you go ahead and like, let me know through the comments or through social media or whatever. And uh, if you're bored, if you've had your fill of this, inshallah, then uh, you know we'll uh, we'll do something else uh, as well. Um, if you're bored and had your fill of me, that's fine too, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa taala find you uh, such a, a, a teacher and such a uh, preceptor and such a guide in the matters of your deen that you don't have to turn to YouTube. Wala Facebook, wala Twitter, wala Instagram, wala Snapchat. To be honest with you, if you're getting your dean from Snapchat, uh, there may be other issues going on. Uh, not, not, not trying to judge, but uh, uh, you know, uh, this is the the perennial, the perennial story of our civilization. That uh, Sayyidina Salman al-Farisi accepted the dean of Sayyidina Isa alayhi and was imprisoned for it, and then traveled from priest to priest and bishop to bishop and monk to monk looking for the haq uh, and uh, uh, he was steadfast in that 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 journey of seeking and because of it Allah Ta'ala gave him the Sayyidul Qawnain uh, as a master Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he gave him a family better than the family he left behind and uh, he's by far not the only one who uh, has been steadfast in seeking uh, our civilization as one uh, uh, the perennial story of which is somebody leaves their home and then they go to Bukhara and they go to Samarkand and they go to uh, Andalus and they go to Maghrib Al-Aqsa and they go to uh, Cairo and Damascus and Yemen and uh, everywhere in between and outside uh, looking, looking, looking where are they going to find, uh, where are they going to find the secret and uh, when they go back home dejected, uh, you know, that's when that's when they they you know Allah Ta'ala will open the door for them and uh, that's a that's a process so inshallah Allah Ta'ala vouchsafe it for all of us Allah Ta'ala vouchsafe it for all of us my dua for those who are looking is may Allah Ta'ala give it to you one day inshallah and give it to me as well and uh, uh, for those who are not looking my dua for you is inshallah one day you start and my dua to me also is inshallah one day I start as well otherwise I believe it's a story of Sayyidina Sahlat to study, or perhaps Ibrahim bin Adham, one of the great awliya. Um, the story is mentioned in the uh, in the Kashful Mahjub of uh, Sayyid Ali Hajwari, Rahimahumullah uh, Ta'ala, wa Qaddasallahu Asrarahum, that uh, he kept vigil in the night and prayed the entire night and denied himself sleep for, for so many years. And uh, one day he uh, he was overwhelmed by by sleep 
and he missed his uh, he missed his vigil in the night, and he saw a vision of the Lord, and he knew he was asleep and he was dreaming, and uh, he asked him. He said, "My Lord, why is it so many years uh, I, I killed myself uh, in order to exert myself in 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 your worship, and you never unveiled yourself to me, and now uh, I experience this communion with you." when I'm asleep. <laughs> and so uh, he received the reply that if you, uh, if it wasn't that you, uh, uh, you struggled uh, like that for so long, then uh, this night wouldn't have been uh, what it is. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, give everybody what they're looking for, inshallah, keep looking. Until then, uh, there is some text that we want to go to, uh, go through, I should say. So he says, وَلَا يَهْجُرُ أَخَاهُ فَوْقَ ثَاقَ Said that it is not permissible for a, a brother to uh, to abandon his brother or to leave uh, his brother more than three nights uh, with their the days that accompany them, and this is uh, almost directly a quote of a hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. لا يحل لمسلم أن يهجر أو يهجر يهجر عفوًا sorry it's نصر ينصر أن يهجر أخاه فوق ثلاث ليال it's not permissible for a Muslim to abandon or leave his brother uh, for more than three days. Um, and there's an increase uh, in wording in one of the narrations. And so uh, this here, hajaran, means what? It means uh, uh, it means what? It means to like cut each other off. I'm not talking to so and so. I'm not talking to so and so. Um, you're if someone is just like hurts you badly, you have the right for three days to cut them off, and just like I don't want to talk to them, I don't want to see them, I don't whatever. Then after that, uh, you're not allowed to go radio silence. That doesn't necessarily mean that your disputes have been resolved or, you know, everything is fair and square again and whatever. But you have to maintain a, a certain modicum of cordiality with one another, and so you're not allowed to cut each other off completely. Uh, and there are exceptions to this, and he'll talk about it a little bit. But uh, in general, especially when it comes to personal fights, and this is important to understand. You have to learn what the Sharia is. And you have to keep a company with the ulama in order to know what the difference between a personal beef with somebody is and what a uh, actual like religious issue that you have with somebody. And uh, you ask the mufti, you know, or you ask somebody who is dispassionate um, in, in order to understand uh, on top of your own learning of the deen to understand if your dispute with somebody is rooted in the deen or not. So, for example, you know, I really like the Lakers. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Farhan, who lives down the street, mashallah, and Chicago is Madinatul Farahin. So this could be like any of like 30 people within like five square miles. Um, so Farhan, who lives down the street, you know, he really likes the bulls. And so, uh, you know, he said that the bulls are the best and I get upset. And, uh, uh, you know, I say the Lakers are the best. And uh, we, you know, cuss each other out and like tell each other, uh, you know, to, you know, blink off and, you know, go through various uh, forms of cardiac cessation, and 
perhaps some colorful suggestions of what should happen to various relatives uh, of a particular gender and all that type of customary uh, nonsense and bakwas that people do when they get angry at each other. And um, yeah, now we hate each other and we don't want to talk. Um, so what do you do then? What you do is you, uh, you know, if you're mature enough, you can be like, look, you know, uh, I was having a bad day. You know, it was cold outside. It was hot outside. I hadn't eaten. You know, my boss yelled at me. My wife, you know, whatever, gave me a black eye the night before. I, whatever it is, right? And understand that you probably got set off on something that wasn't really important. And because of that, you got testy and took it out on your brother. And it just escalated. And it was a bad day for both of you. And it was just a perfect storm. If you're immature, what will you do? You'll say, well, you know, how dare he stuff for a lie? You know, the Lakers had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and he's a Muslim. And how dare you? And Michael Jordan is like a kafir. And how dare you support the kuffar of the Muslimin? And it doesn't say in such and such surah, you know, uh, uh, you know, blah, 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 about the wilaya of the, the, the Muslim over the kafir and blah, you know. And there are people who have a knack for doing that. They go fishing and they'll bring some sort of religious dimension into everything dude maybe you just like got into a fight with each other maybe you don't even like each other maybe it's just personal and you had to make it about the dean this is really problematic this is like really problematic we're at like negative like one we're not at zero we have we're like actually in the hole at this point uh, and so uh, the point is is that yeah sometimes it's about the dean you know sometimes it's like somebody's like well i don't need to like whatever I don't, I don't care about what it says in the Quran or whatever, right? Even then, oftentimes when people say things that are wrong in the deen, oftentimes if you have some sort of common sense about you, you'll know that mostly people do and say stuff like that because of like other psychological stuff. Their mother didn't love them when they were a kid, you know. Their Qadi Sahib used to beat them because he couldn't say ayn properly or like whatever it is, you know. And there's ways of understanding, like being intelligent and understanding what the human being behind the words, uh, you know, what their state is and getting through it. And that's also part of the hikmah and the wisdom of, of Nubuwa is being able to know and understand those things and be able to like deal with them. Uh, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's really not about Dean at all and people will completely make it about Dean for no reason whatsoever. Uh, I, you know, this is a tweet that, uh, or, uh, that I retweeted from, I believe, uh, uh, Dr. Mazin Atassi, he's a natural, a doctor of natural medicine, ND. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not, he's like not the only one. Sheikh Amin mentions this all the time that like, you know, about how egregious it is when, when like husband and wife get into a fight and they start to like, um, you know, put a theological slant on everything that, you know, this hadith and that ayah and this is wrong with your deen and that's wrong. Maybe you just don't like each other. Maybe you just don't get along, you know. Maybe, maybe like, you know, uh, you know, she wanted to eat at Mr. Brost and you wanted to eat at like, portals peri peri and that's why you hate each other because like you know you just can't stand bros and she can't stand portals or whatever like or whatever both of which mashallah hafsa certified establishments uh and uh, as all hafsa certified establishments are they're wonderful and mm -mm, and i suggest you get takeout and delivery from them and then once the uh, zombie apocalypse is lifted go and uh, patronize those restaurants and trust me how i don't get any money from saying that i just don't like people eating haram but back to the point the point is is this is that you know to add theological dimension to fights that are personal, you should be smart enough and wise enough to understand when you just don't like a person, you know? And it's not good to just not like a person, but it does happen. Sometimes two people with like the best of intentions just come are coming at, at it from like very different angles. Uh, and when I say it, I mean life. 
and they just have very different sets of experiences and different styles work for them that are not compatible. You cannot harmonize them. They will, they will clash. And uh, you should just be able to like, you know, understand that like, this is not, this is not like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Abdullah bin Masoud striking the death blow on Abu Jahl. This is just, we just don't get along. We still, you know, we don't like each other, not because of any sort of Sharia sanctioned reason, but just because that's how it is. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, we tried and like, we just annoy the hell out of each other and just whatever. By owning up to that, you'll do a couple of things. One is you will uh, uh, not give justification to the behavior. You will recognize that there's not justification for antagonistic behavior. Uh, the second thing is that uh, uh, you will allow yourself to have a personal fun of the other person, a good opinion of the other person that look, circumstance has made us like, uh, you know, two betas in the same fishbowl. Uh, but, uh, you know, this person seems to get along with a whole bunch of other people, which means that they are a good and useful person. It's just that we don't bring that out in each other. So, uh, you know, out of love and recognizing that this is a good person who has a, a function in the good of, uh, of, of many people in life and in the ummah and whatever, um, I feel, you know, I wish him good from afar. I wish him well from afar. You know, like, you know, imagine if I tell you that the whatever Lincoln Park Zoo has a lion in it, you know, you can, you know, you can be like, yeah, I hope the lion is doing good without actually jumping into the cage and like, you know, trying to play tag with it or whatever, which is obviously going to result in, uh, in, in some uh, very catastrophic and tragic, uh, tragic. And uh, if it's me, then the tragedy will be for the lion. And if it's, you know, anyway, that was a joke. The tragedy would be for me as well. I'm not the Shere Panshir. If you want to know the, the the joke behind that, you can go call Brother Jabber from uh, Masjid Masjid uh, Al Huda. So the point is, is this is that uh, uh, that like yeah, you know, you can if you chalk it up to just a personal matter, then you realize that it's like moral value is very low. You recognize that it exists, but the moral value is very low, and it will allow you to um, find a way of at least inside of your heart and your mind conceive of that person in a way that's not bad. You can save yourself from the harm of interacting with them without actually feeling ill toward them in your heart and in your, in your mind. Uh, and then what the, the, the problem is with the other side, where the other way around, where people cannot admit that ever, and they have to somehow sanctify their hate for other people, or they have to sanctify their annoyance for other people, or they have to like don everything in a, a religious garb, right? That, that that person, you know, they have this kind of like Nebi complex or Messiah complex where, you know, everything they do is somehow based on Dean and nothing of it has to do with their own nafs. Um, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's really harmful. That's really harmful. And it, um, betrays an underlying arrogance, uh, which maybe maybe perhaps are uh, people who are professionals in the in the uh, you know psychological uh, services would refer to as narcissism or megalomania or something like that. Because there's actually I mean it's it's actually a mental illness, um, and you know if you have that illness and it's like at a clinical like stage, then uh, please go and get help. But there are many people who like they're personalities tend to go toward one of these directions, but it's manageable. So if you see those tendencies inside of you, one way of like helping to manage it is what? Just remind yourself, I'm a person, I have enough, I get annoyed. You know, there are certain people who just, I don't get along with, but that's just a me thing. It's not because that person is like, you know, the Jalun Minat Dajajila or whatever, you know, that that person is like or whatever, Antichrist or Shaitan or Pharaoh or whatever. 
just it's possible that people can can uh, just not get along so at any rate if you if you get if you have beef with someone you know if they upset you you have three days in which say i don't even want to talk to that person i'm like i have nothing to do with them and they have nothing to do with me even those three days you don't have to take them every time you get into a fight but if it's just overwhelming like everything they do like when you think about it just bothers you makes you upset and angry uh, then you have three days to like, you know, whatever, be pissed off about that, uh, uh, to use the uh, uh, vocabulary of the French language a little bit. Uh, and uh, uh, then thereafter, you have to like, you have to reopen relations with such a person. Uh, and uh, Ibn Abi Zaid mentions, he says, وَالسَّلَامُ يُخْرِجُهُ مِنَ الْهِجْرَانِ he said that the minimum that will make you no longer in the status of having cut that person off is at least either you say salam to them or let them or, or let if they say salam to you that you say wa alaykum salam thereafter so at that point you've done your fard and you can just leave however thereafter uh, uh, um, you know, it's not it's not proper. It's not in the spirit of the Sharia that you should just say salam, I'm done, and then just you know, peace. You just bounce. Rather, a little bit of small talk, inshallah, is is is, is something that's appropriate at that time. Now, why why do I say small talk? If you know that like actually talking about something serious or something important to you is going to just drag you back into the fight again, then you obviously don't want to hang out for that. Just say, how's the weather? It's really cold. It actually is really cold outside. Mashallah, I went for the walk. My hands and my feet are still numb. It's like like 39 uh, or 37 outside while I was uh, while I was out, I was out walking. Uh, you know, you could just you know, say something innocuous like that. Something that you know is factual, is somehow relevant to both of you, and is non-controversial, will not set somebody off, you know? You just use tactfully, think about like one sentence, two sentences, and move. What does it do? It reduces the hate in the heart. It allows a person to humanize you and it allows you to humanize that person. And thereafter, obviously, the mind is like, yo, flag, this dude is going to like set you off, uh, you know, set you off balance. This, this person is going to send you off in the stratosphere if you talk to him too much. Okay, don't talk to him too much then. You don't have to be everybody's best friend. Just because they're a Muslim, just because they're a good person, you don't have to be their best friend. You don't have to hang out with them. Do you have to subject yourself to their harm and subject them to your harm? You know, there are certain occasions in which people in the Ummah have to get together. They have to get together for Jummah. It's like, what, an hour in the week? And really, theoretically, it shouldn't even be that long, right? You have to get together at Eid. You can't have your own Eid. After that, if the Malikis want to pray in the Maliki Masjid and the Hanafis want to pray in the Hanafi Masjid, you know, and the Shafi'is want to pray in the Shafi'i Masjid, and the Hanabila want to play with the Hanabila, and the Wahhabis want to play with the Wahhabis, and the Kababis want to play with the Kababis, and the, you know, like in the like purple people that want to go to the like Jamia Purpalia, that's all good. That's fine. There's, there's, you know, go hang out with the people who you get along with, who you will be productive with, who bring the best out of out of you and whatever. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's all great. As long as when it's the Sharia sanctioned, uh, uh, times that we have to get together, we can put aside our differences and get together. And it's not only for Ibadah, the Ibadah are the most important times. And they're also a stepping stone for other, uh, matters of communal interest that when, you know, if, if the government is going to, uh, you know, uh, 
push some legislation through that's harmful for all the Muslims. One would hope that like the people who say Amin out loud and the people who say Amin quietly could like put aside their difference on this issue and like just get you know get that done. But the point is is this is that uh, you know keeping the, the channels of communication open even with people that you have active disputes with. Um, this is part of the way this Ummah works and uh, uh, you know you kind of you, you kind of have to do that. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu mentioned something, he, he, you know, in the ziyada, he says that when they meet, uh, uh, that it's not allowed for them when they meet that they turn away, this one turns away from the, the other one and the other one turns away from this one, that's not allowed. And he says what, he says something really deep, he says that the best of them, the best of them is the first one to say salam to the other one. Uh, the best of them is the first one to say salam to the other. Uh, 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 and the Nabi it's related that he said Sallallahu uh, and this same something, the same meaning ha is uh, uh, related with regards to the days of Eid, that uh, 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 the gates of paradise are open on the day of Thursday and the day of Monday, the the day of the Mulad of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nabi Sallallahu was born on a Monday, and he passed from this world on a Monday, and his uh, arrived in Medina Munawwara. Allah Ta'ala guarded and increases in its beauty and in its honor uh, until Yom al Qiyamah uh, 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 on a Monday. On a Monday, so this is that the gates of Jannah are opened on 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 Thursdays, on on Mondays, and obviously the gates of Jannah are open. This is a baraka in the in the in the upper higher realm, which filters down uh, to those hearts that are uh, in tune with it. And so fayul faru and every every believe every Muslim submitting slave will be forgiven, as long as they don't worship anyone other than Allah. Uh, all of them will be forgiven on these days, except for who? Except for uh, a, a man who, between him and between another man, is shahna, right? Shahna is what, right? Like the word for shahn means like cargo, uh, um, right? The shahina is what the word that they use in the modern Arabic for like a truck, like not a pickup truck, but like a semi truck, right? Uh, and so the person of shahna, that person is like. They carry they carry some beef or they carry some some ill will toward another person, uh, and so uh, it's said uh, 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 you know everyone receives their forgiveness on those days, and it said what it said uh, you know what uh, this person let him wait uh, and uh, once the two of them they make up with one another then they can be forgiven as well, so that's like that's like a big deal, that's that's a big deal. Uh, with regards to forgiving each other. At that point, when you think about that, then that should eclipse, it should eclipse the uh, the beef that you have with someone else, right? Like someone maybe like said that they would pay $5 and, you know, like, you know, they pay, you know, you borrowed borrow $5 and they said they pay, they'll pay you back. And uh, um, lo and behold, they didn't. Or they made it so difficult, and they wasted so much of your time in that in that process that like, and without any reason, without any justification, just upsets you, right? And they're in the wrong, you're in the right. At that point, when you think about this reality in the higher realm, that this uh, this angst and hatred that you have inside of your heart literally is 
is really literally a, a sad. It is a, has a prophylactic effect against uh, 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 against what against the the forgiveness of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, which is really bad. Then you're like, you know what? Five dollars is just five dollars, not worth it. This person punked me. Allah Taala will take care of them on the day of judgment, one way or the other. And uh, I don't want to. I don't want to let the shahna in my heart be um, uh, what prevents me from receiving that thing. Just forgive them for not necessarily their sake, but for your own, uh, for your own, so that you can, uh, so that you can receive that uh, that 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 uh, benefit and that barakah and blessing from the higher realm. And uh, this is what the point of this is. And uh, if that person really was a jerk to you and they were really uh, profligate and really like malevolent in doing it, they'll get what they have coming. Allah Ta'ala is just and he sees everything and he hears everything. And he's a dayan, the one who takes vengeance for every wrong. Uh, and it's not your problem anymore. Just be done with it. Just be done with it. And it will help you psychologically because it's like you just washed your heart, cleaned it up, and uh, you just let it go. And uh, it will help you also mentally, psychologically. It will it will help you in so many ways. And the thing is, someone's like, "Well, Sheikh, what about the, the fact that he screwed you over on you know these five dollars?" Okay, lesson learned. Don't do business with them again. Or like, if you do, like, do it in a way that's you know that protects you from that 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 uh, particular uh, maltransaction. Uh, you know, just get over it. The point is just just get over it, and you know, uh, don't don't hold yourself up from the forgiveness of Allah over small stuff. There's two rules to remember: don't hold yourself up over the small stuff, and B, the second rule, it's almost all small stuff. Almost all of it is small stuff. And what did the Messenger of Allah sallallahu mention in the in the hadith before? He said that the better of the two of them in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa taala is the first one to say salam. And it's the mafhum of the Sunnah of the Prophet that when two people get into beef with one another, the better of the two of them is the first one to apologize. And this is something Mulan Tariq Jamil, I, I heard a, a bayan of his uh, uh, once in Madul Town, Lahore. Um, and he, uh, uh, mashallah, uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him for uh, the, the efforts he ex expended, you know, in his lifetime in order to call people toward the deen. Uh, for whatever other, uh, you know, there's some people who always find something to object to or hate on, and uh, you know that's fine. But the man spent his life calling people toward Dean, and uh, that deserves some respect. It deserves a lot of respect. And so um, the point is, is what is that uh, um, in his band he mentioned a story about Sayyidina Al Hassan, who the grandson of the Prophet uh, uh, had somewhat of a disagreement with his brother, not Al Hussein, but Muhammad bin Hanafiya. So Muhammad bin mm -hmm. Hanafiya is a very important person, an important figure from the Salaf, from the Tabi'een, uh, and he's a son of Sayyidina Ali, so he is a half brother of Sayyidina Al Hassan radiAllahu anhu. But they used to call him Muhammad bin Hanafiya, not Muhammad bin Ali. Why? Uh, to differentiate him, so you know that he wasn't the 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 the, the son of Fatima radiAllahu anha alayhi salam. But he was Sayyidina Ali's uh, son from a different wife. Sayyidina Ali didn't marry anyone else other than Sayyidina Fatima during uh, her lifetime. But then after she passed, he had uh, uh, he had a number of uh, he had a number of spouses. Radiallahu anhu alayhi salam. And so Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, there's this brother of Al Hassan. His name is Muhammad bin Hanafiya, and him and his half brother Al Hassan radiallahu anhu alayhi salam. The two of them have a disagreement with one another, 
I mean, they're brothers, it happens. And so what happens is that like after some time, Muhammad bin Hanafiya comes and he's a very pious man, a very learned person, very important person from the Asaf, even though he wasn't a companion and he wasn't at the level of his uh, of his two half brothers, Al Hassan and Hussein, but a, a great man of this ummah. And, uh, uh, and so he he uh, 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 he came to Al Hassan radiallahu anhu and said, like, I felt I felt bad that we should have this uh, you know uh, strife between us. And I, I wanted, I, I had come with the intention of apologizing to you. But then when I remember the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, that the best is the one who apologizes first, I, I thought that, the, that, that this is a maqam unworthy of the son of Hanafiya in front of the son of Sayyidah Fatima alayhi salam. Uh, and so that's how they used to consider this. So if you think about your beef, you know, then you'll be like, oh man, dang this person to heck. And uh, if you uh, if you think about the wa'ad of the the promise of reward from the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the description of where the virtue lies, then it's like enough to like make saying sorry look cool, right? You like you want to say sorry, you want to be the first one to apologize, you know, because you want to you want to be the first to please the Lord and to receive this uh, mansab and this this uh, uh, honor from Allah subhanahu wa taala. So keep your focus on Allah. Don't keep it on the creation. You keep it on the creation, they'll tire you out. They'll make you go crazy. You keep your, your focus and your uh, uh, your uh, rahba, your desire and your hope for good on Allah Ta'ala and you'll never be let down. And so he says that it's not permissible for a person to abandon or to cut off his brother for more than three nights, meaning three days and three nights. Uh, and once they say salam to each other, then they're no longer the ruling of people who cut each other off. And... Uh, um, uh, after that, it's not befitting of them to say like salam. I don't want to say nothing else and just storm off. It's the spirit of shara of Allah Taala that you should at least at least be able to exchange a little bit of small talk if uh, if it's it needs to be and if it's appropriate. Uh, and that's the rule. But there are exceptions. Well, hijranu jaizun. Well, hijranu jaizu hijranu zil bid'ati. Well, mutajahiri bil kabairi. Uh, uh, and so he says that he said he mentioned some some exceptions. So one of them is a person who is a person of bid'ah, uh, a person of reprehensible innovation in their creed, uh, uh, or in their uh, uh, in their creed, or in their uh, you know it's to, in their ibadat is also in their creed because their ibadat are only known through wahi, are only known through revelation. So if someone believes something like you know praying two rakahs, uh, uh, you know with like you know surat. Uh, feel and you know uh, whatever surat al nasr uh, you know every third tuesday of the month will like cure blindness or whatever um, if they don't have a source from the book of allah and the son of the prophet وسلم, uh, then this is also a bid'ah uh, why because it has to do with a belief about those two rak'ahs that uh, can only be known through wahi through revelation but there's no revelation to know it through so it's it really uh, even though it's a practical matter it returns to a, an issue of aqidah 
it returns to to an issue of aqidah, which is that you can't know anything about the ibadat except for through knowledge of the ghayb, uh, through knowledge of the unseen, which only comes through wahi, through revelation. So, uh, and that's what bid'ah is. Unfortunately, the age we live in, there are uh, a group of noisemakers uh, that have basically turned everything into bid'ah. And, uh, you know, those things that are just legitimate differences of opinion between the ulama, uh, they change those into bid'at as well. And that's not what we're talking about here. What are we talking here about here? Uh, uh, people of reprehensible innovation in their aqaid. You know, somebody who says, for example, uh, that all the companions are kafirs except for three or five or seven or nine or something like that. Uh, or somebody who says that, uh, you know, um, you know, for example, that whoever commits a sin becomes a kafir. Uh, or something like that. Uh, those people, uh, you're allowed if once they deviate from from the correct and agreed upon aqaid and beliefs of the Muslims, um, then uh, you're allowed to, and in fact, you're supposed to cut that person off. Uh, in in most cases, um, uh, you know, unless it's like your father or mother or something like that. Uh, but there's there's scope for cutting people off for that. Uh, or somebody who openly and repeatedly commits a major sin shamelessly doesn't uh, hide and doesn't attempt to hide uh, and and for that person that uh, you know if if there's no method to get to their punishment you know you there's no qadi there's no judge and there's no court and there's no one to enforce that punishment uh, or uh, you're not able to get to a point where you can uh, you can advise that person and exhort that person to change their behavior or you can but but they uh, they've demonstrated that they're not going to accept it they're not going to listen uh, um, uh, and so for for those uh, for in those conditions those two conditions of the mubtada the reprehensible innovator uh, and the uh, uh, the open sinner uh, then uh, not only are you allowed to cut them off, but uh, uh, you're uh, there's no riba. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you you it's not considered backbiting anymore when you say something about them. Uh, and this is uh, uh, this is uh, um, important to uh, uh, um, qualify, which is that that there's no backbiting in them with regards to those things. So if somebody believes, you know, someone made takfir of the Sahaba and says that, the, you know, that, uh, you know, none of the hadith is sahih and whatever, um, that doesn't mean that you can sit around and like make fun of his hair or that you can like make fun of the way that they look or that, no, there's no backbiting meaning there's no, it's not considered backbiting informing people about that thing. And uh, uh, that's what that means. Or in the, in the, in the case of a drunkard, you know, you can tell people that this person is a drunkard and it's not considered riba of the Muharram type, of the type that is, is haram. Uh, but it doesn't mean that, like, you know, if there's some other defect in the person that you should go around publicizing it or something like that. Um, uh, nor should you spread gossip about those people in, in other ways. Uh, uh, but rather, you, should, you know, that you're allowed to cut that person off and uh, you are not held to account by... Telling people about that that, that, that that particular defect that they have in their deen. Uh, um, uh, not in in terms of that particular defect in deen, nor uh, if somebody asks, like, I'm thinking about marrying this person or I'm thinking about marrying my daughter or my son to this person, um, uh, is, is it haram? In fact, 
you're obliged you're obliged uh, under mustashar uh, mustaman waddin and nasiha you're uh, you're obliged to actually disclose that if you know it why because if you don't say anything and then the two of them get married and uh, uh, you know um, it causes them problems and loss uh, you know they asked you and you're not allowed you're not allowed to like leave your brother uh, uh, leave your brother to uh, or your sister to suffer loss that you could have prevented and so even in that case you're allowed to disclose as much as is relevant to the person who's asking. Um, and then that person is not allowed to A, say that you told them, and B, they're not allowed to then just go and tell everybody else. Uh, um, rather, uh, that's an amana that, that has been passed uh, from uh, them to you, and you just act on it, and, and that's it. So, But it's not considered riba to disclose those things for uh, the person who is uh, making mashra for nikah. And here, it doesn't have to be an open bid'ah or open uh, uh, defect. It can be it can be something that's closed as well, but that's relevant to the to to the party that's in, uh, that's uh, looking for uh, and thinking about nikah of getting married or uh, some other uh, you know uh, cooperation in some venture or business venture or whatever. Nor for uh, uh, the deposition of of a of a, of a witness uh, for the court. The, sorry, the impeachment of a witness, that if there's a witness who is not upright and uh, you know something about them that, that would uh, lead the court to believe that their um, testimony is not acceptable nor, nor is it trustworthy to the, you know, to the point that the sharia demands, which is relatively high. And sharia, bearing witness against another person is a very solid piece of evidence, but the witness has to meet a certain uh, standard that really nobody, very few people in normal American society uh, meet. And that's why here, uh, like witness testimony is considered to be like second rate or secondary after material uh, testimony in, in many different cases. Where in the Sharia, if there is a witness who testifies to something, this is solid, but the witness has to meet a, a of uprightness that very few people uh, you know, will meet anymore. Uh, that the person has never been observed publicly doing anything haram or omitting uh, the commandments of deen and in general seems to be a normal person and a pleasant person um, and there's a whole <coughs> there's a whole uh, very strict and very uh, well-defined set of criteria and parameters that they have to meet in order to do that so in order to impeach a witness a person may disclose something to the court uh, which uh, otherwise you know uh, would be considered riba but for the reason of the, the, the functioning of the court, it's, it's allowed. Uh, and other than that, and other than that. Uh, and so uh, this is important as well, just like, you know, just like, because the thing is that a lot of, a lot of, you know, these practices, we receive them culturally and uh, they impact our civilization. You know, Muslims are not people who like to get into beef with other people. They're people who like to say, at least in theory, uh, 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 they should be people who, who are the first to say, I'm sorry. Who don't consider it to be a humiliation or don't, don't consider it to be um, degrading to apologize uh, or to accommodate one another and like you know one of the one of the, the fruits of that tree is what is that that uh, there are many things in our culture and many ways of speaking and many ways of behaving with one another in our muslim cultures um, you know wherever they may be from around the world or even here in america the muslim culture that we have or that we're trying to make at any rate which uh, you know lead people to be a bit conflict averse because they don't want to let things escalate to the point where people will cut uh, cut each other off, right? But 
that being said, uh, that being said, oftentimes people practice that culture without an understanding of the law. There are times that there are times where you should cut somebody off. There are times you should cut somebody off. There are times that something should be said. And uh, oftentimes we have like, for example, masajid in, uh, or community, uh, uh, you know, um, organizations that, that, that actually take the riyasa, the, 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 the leadership of Islam and of Muslims. And, uh, um, you know, uh, they take the reins in their hands and we will entrust those things to people who will openly do something. You know, they'll openly commit haram. Many of them, their income is from haram. You know, their their income will be from selling alcohol or from riba, from usury, whether it be from the bank or from uh, uh, haram investments or from, uh, uh, for, you know, like selling insurance and things like that. Or, uh, you know, uh, people who uh, regularly will omit the prayer or people who will, you know, you know, they'll say stuff like, well, I don't accept the hadith or like, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, and some of those bid'at, they your, you know, some of those sins are open that they they will not make any uh, tamyiz with regards to what they eat or drink, or they're drunkards, uh, or they they'll drink alcohol, or they'll do those types of things, or they'll have aqaid problems. You know, like we have major conferences in North America where they'll go and invite qadiani to speak, or they'll invite munkir of hadith to speak, or people who make problematic statements, you know, to come speak. And we have like. Uh, Muslim, at least culturally Muslim, and I don't make a fatwa one way or the other, uh, uh, you know, like what are members of Congress and things like that. They've said really problematic stuff. And, the, you know, the issue is this is that politically their, uh, you know, their their agendas uh, align in very important ways with uh, what benefits the Muslim community in, in America and abroad. But then to say something ridiculous like, you know, like I refer to Allah as she, or, you know, like to refer to Allah Ta'ala in a way that, he, you know, he didn't describe himself. Or to uh, uh, you know comment about certain practices of the Sharia or attitudes of the Sharia versus you know when it comes to homosexuality or uh, you know uh, uh, you know se you know sexual morals or mores and ethics um, and to say bad things about them to say that they're primitive and this and that um, you know such people if you wish to have a political um, you know, some sort of political, uh, very Machiavellian, Machiavellian and very, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A very utilitarian relationship with them. There's room for that. But at the same time, you don't need to be calling them the headline at your, you know, your conference or at your masjid or whatever, where like the general public of the Muslims is there. And you don't need to put them on a pedestal and like, you know, extol them as, as, uh, as model people. And so this uh, small piece of fiqh that we learned today has massive repercussions because what's the problem? If you always put those people on a pedestal, what's going to end up happening is the community is going to treat those mukhalafat and those uh, uh, um, those uh, contraventions of the sacred sharia as not a big deal. And, uh, uh, you know, you will have, you will have, uh, you know, contributed to the eroding of the amana and the trust that was given to us uh, of the teachings of this deen from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that من وقر صاحب بدعة أو صاحب البدعة أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام فقد أعان على هدم الإسلام Whoever uh, uh, whoever uh, venerates 
and honors a person of reprehensible innovation, that person has uh, participated and aided in the uh, in the destruction of Islam, which is not a good thing. You know, like if you want to know what the tafsir and the sharh of that hadith is, it's not good. It's like a something you know you don't want to be guilty of in front of Allah Taala in the court of the hereafter. You don't want to be guilty of and to have to like take a sentence for something like that. And in that time, you'll wish you would just like had a beer and smoked weed, you know, like or something like that. You know, things that we conventionally think of <coughs> as offensive and haram. So you got to say something about those things. Uh, that being said, if you're not a scholar, uh, my caution to you is: when in doubt, keep your mouth shut. And uh, uh, if you're not a hundred percent sure, if which if you're if you're not a person who has like received the ijazat of the mashayikh, and in some cases even if you are, uh, um, you know, go and, and and consult, consult with the other ulama, consult with the mashayikh of the qom, the people who know their uh, stuff inside out. Uh, but like you know, if they're like, yeah, this is exactly what's meant by uh, these rulings, the shara of Allah subhanahu wa taala, then we have to we have to have enough moral courage to say, look, look. It's not cool. You can't let this person give the khutbah. You cannot get the, let this person, uh, you know, uh, put them in a pedestal and give them a platform to spout their uh, uh, to spout their nonsense. If you have, <coughs> if you wish to, if you wish to, uh, um, you know, have some sort of political relationship with them, you have to keep it purely political. That platform cannot extend into any sort of riyasa or leadership of deen. Um, uh, because, uh, you know, that is what it is. And it's a really tricky time to be alive. You know, Muslims are in a precarious position. The ulama are uh, uh, are not in any position of leadership uh, in almost any place in the world. And the Muslims, whether they accept the ulama or not, are not in a position to dictate terms to other people. I get all of that, you know. I get all of that. And I get that, like, you know, politics is real and sometimes the threats are, are big and uh, we need all the help that we can get uh, even if that help is from, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, a hee from Alabama uh, who, uh, you know, is not very politically correct, or if that help is from, uh, you know, a, uh, 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 you know, uh, someone with, you know, who lives in a, a expanding, ever expanding universe of more and more uh, ever expanding number of genders. Or uh, you know any kind of weird character of various levels of savoriness or unsavoriness. I get the fact that politically we really need all the help that we can get. I'm not unaware of that reality. But that being said, you know um, politically alliance with such people is only beneficial in as much as it allows you to uh, um, work with them without giving up your dean. If you have to give up your dean in order to work with them, then uh, you're uh, you know you're uh, sacrificing the higher objective for the lower one uh, and uh, if you're just going to give up the deen anyway then politically you know according to that logic and reasoning just leave islam it's going to be politically very good for you uh it's going to make a lot of things work work out for you you know uh the problem is you go to hell forever but the the you know if that's if you're able to do that then that's that's a logical a logical step for you to do may allah save us from uh, such a logic so we read on. وَمِنْ مَكَارِ مِنْ أَخْلَاقِهِ أَنْ تَعْفُوَ عَمَّنْ ظَلَمَكَ وَتُعْطِيَ مَنْ حَرَمَكَ وَتَصِلُ مَنْ قَطَعَكَ And this is uh, also uh, taken from a hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful and it's so hard. This is what real tasawwuf is. This is what real fiqh is. Uh, 
while people are like arguing with each other and like people in England are making like YouTube videos against each other as we speak uh, 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 about like, you know, issues that are really just differences of opinion. Uh, the real tasawwuf is not in uh, having like a huge turban or a particular type of topi or kurta or a particular type of shawl. I love topis and kurtas and shawls. I just know that, that that's not what tasawwuf is and that's not what fiqh is and that's not what ilm is. Uh, ilm is not, you know, uh, telling everybody whether they asked or not that I'm your spiritual father or whatever crackpot type of uh, individuals out there uh, that uh, you know say these types of things and then afterward you catch them uh, in various weird acts. Uh, um, that's not what any of those things are. What is the actual crushing burden of tasawwuf? You want to be a Sufi? Uh, well, here you go. Uh, he says. He says. Uh, he says what? He says from the makarim, from the noble. From the nobility of, 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 of characteristics, from the most noble of characteristics, basically, is that what is that? When somebody transgresses you and does something bad to you, you forgive them such a forgiveness that leaves behind no rancor, ill will, <coughs> that that person can you know come by you and you don't even so much hesitate or flinch or show a little bit of karaha in, in, in your eyes toward them. Rather, you treat them like you would have tr treated uh, them had they not done that. Uh, that's hard. Uh, that's really hard. I have a hard time with it. That's why I'm not signing off my darses as uh, sincerely your spiritual father. Whose spiritual father will I be? I'm like I myself. I'm like the 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 runaway slave in chains uh, that maybe by uh, the master's uh, rahma and mercy I've been chained up and dragged back against my own uh, disposition. It's hard. There's some real bogus people out there, and they do some real bogus things. Uh, and the, the the pinnacle of bogusness is what happens usually. Uh, uh, you know, some, there are there's a type of human being, and you oftentimes learn this like the hard way, that uh, they they will save uh, the worst things that they do for the people that were the best to them. All of that, and people come and cry and say, "Oh, sheikh, you know, the worst thing is that we trusted them, and then they stabbed us in the back." I will buy you who who can stab you in the back except for someone you trusted. If you don't trust them, you you know they don't have the opportunity to stab you in the back. So by uh, uh, logical extension, the only person who ever gets stabbed in the back is by someone who they trusted. Uh, and so uh, you know, don't worry about that. Don't worry about any of these things, right? Why do you why do you do why do you forgive people? You forgive people because you want the forgiveness of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Because what point will it be you don't forgive other people and then all of you are in Jahannam together? Are you going to be like, well, they're in the lower part of Jahannam and like the fire that's burning my face is like, you know, it's only like 4,600 degrees Kelvin versus like 5,800 degrees Kelvin. Um, small consolation. In fact, no consolation at all functionally. Uh, uh, whereas if you want the forgiveness from the higher realm, you gotta let go of some of this stuff. You know, all of these things. This is a common, a common theme, inshallah, through today's dars. These things are like dirty shoes. You know, uh, when you want to enter the masjid, you gotta take them off before entering in, because you cannot bring that dirt into the higher realm. If you want to make taraqi and you want to make progress in the higher realm, you can't bring that level of, you know ugliness with you you got to set it aside the moment you're willing to part with those things 
there's a whole, you know, not to go Ariel from the Little Mer or not Ariel, the Little Mer whatever, Jasmine from Aladdin, right? Uh, you know, whole new world. Not to go like that, but the point is, it's a huge, it's a huge universe. That's the better part of the creation. That's the part that you were meant to live in forever. That's the part in which you you will flourish like a butterfly and fly into the air and like leave your uh, caterpillar existence behind. But you won't be able to do it until you shed all of that all of that old skin, until you shed all of that nonsense. That's when you're going to be able. That's a necessary part of your metamorphosis to be a better you than you were from before. Is you have to give up your old self, and Allah will give you a better you in exchange. Very easy to talk about. Very hard to do. Very crushing to do. Like 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 you will be the the puppy who's getting stomped on the curb. Like level of trauma that you will go through in order to do these things. But the problem, the issue is, is what? The only reason someone would do that is what? Is because what they're going to get in return for it on the other side of it is so much better than what they left behind. So, uh, you know, as sad as your puppy eyes are, as sad as it is for the puppy to get stomped on the curb, you know, you go through it. Why? Because Allah gives you something so much better uh, in exchange for it. So don't think about the people who wronged you. If you think about them, you'll never be able to get any of this done. Think about the Allah who, in what he has in return for the person who leaves all of this nonsense behind. The person whose love for the love of Allah is more than their love for the hate of the creation. Uh, as legitimate as, as it may be. And sometimes it's like really legitimate. It's really legitimate. People do some real bogus stuff to one another. You just got to let it go. And someone's like, well, if I keep letting people do this type of stuff to me, then like they'll kill me. Then don't let them, you know, then be more discreet about who you deal with in the future. Be more discreet about what you say in the future. Be more discreet. Be more, you know, purposeful and meaningful and like deliberate and conscious and conscientious of, about how you deal with people and what you do with people in the future, to allow you to keep this life of not bearing grudges against people, because you don't want any of that nonsense to like burden you uh, in this world, nor on the day of judgment, nor on the day, uh, nor uh, uh, in Jannah uh, forever and ever. So from the Makaram al Akhlaq. Uh, and this is, like I said, the the most brutal and most difficult things to do. But that show that you're a true man of God, or a, a, a maid servant of God. That uh, uh, that you uh, forgive completely the one who transgressed you, the one who who wronged you, and that you give to the person who uh, cut you off. When it was your turn to ask, they didn't give, but when they asked, you give to them. And it's so hard. And you want so badly to screw people over. And they deserve it so richly. They so richly deserve it. But you got to be like, look, this is my chance. I remember some Mulvi told me about this. Uh, uh, and this, by the way, this is also a hadith. Uh, some Mulvi told me about this uh, uh, one time in Dars. And uh, I don't even remember what the reward is, but it's really big. It's like Allah packaged it to you and gave it to you, right? Because if nobody ever cut you off, then you can never make action on this. And what did they cut you off from? Some small piece of the dunya, all of it is going to burn one day anyway. And every every like piece of living flesh is going to rot. Every piece of uh, material is going to break down one day. All of it is going to go away one day. And so they cut you off from what? From something that was already impermanent. And now you have a chance to give them something back and purchase something everlasting with it. That's a good deal. If you think about the person and how badly they screwed you over, you'll never be able to do this. If you think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what he promised for the person who gives to the one who cut you off, and we think when you think of Allah ta'ala on the day of judgment, when he'll ask you, when I asked you for this thing, you didn't give to me, 
uh, and what do you have to say for yourself? You know, and like, how nice would it be like, Ya Allah, you know, your slave asked me and I gave, and you're the Akram al-Akrameen, you're the most uh, generous of the generous, and he'll say, I'm more generous than you, and he'll give you Jannah, even if you don't deserve it on that day. Then he'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Like my cousin asked for $5, I asked him for $5 one time, and now look at him, he's asking me for 50. Uh, here, take 100, go for it, go and be happy. You know, and just like, bite your lip, bite your tongue so that you don't say something to ruin it, you know, until they leave the door. And then once they leave the door, realize it was never about your cousin in the first place. It was about who? It was about the Lord Jalla wa'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us his love, uh, uh, that we should love him, and more importantly, that he should love us. وَتَصِلْ مَنْ قَطَعَكَ We mentioned that from before that you should keep relations with the one who cut you off and in particular with your with your relatives with your family members and uh, mashallah family does all this all the time people will not invite you to stuff people will not give you stuff people will not you know do this for you or that for you and all of it is a blessing from the lord it gives you an opportunity to uh, 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 you know to climb higher and higher in uh, in your progress toward him just like when there's a headwind and you're flying a kite, that's what will make the kite go up. You pull the string when that wind is blowing against it and it, pew, it goes up in the air uh, higher and higher. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make you the patang of the awliya. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make you the kite of, of sainthood, uh, that you fly higher and higher uh, and that one day the string breaks, the string that ties you to the, to the dirt of the ground breaks and you just take off into the stratosphere and you uh, kiss every, uh, every, everyone goodbye. And Allah gives you something better in return for the thing that you lost. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then that day you don't worry about it, you know, who like didn't loan you five dollars when you asked them. And you don't worry about who said what about your hair. And you don't worry about, you know, uh, that one like, you know, stupid like person who behaved badly with you in a rishta and a marriage proposal. And like all of these, this ranja and all of this like these adawa, adawat and uh, enmities of this world. You leave all of that behind. Because from so high up in the air, it just looks like so pointless and so meaningless. And when you look in the stars and the beauty of, uh, of that, that higher realm, uh, uh, it's so enchanting. And you say, Alhamdulillah, who guided us to this and we were not to be guided, was it not that Allah had guided us? And so I talk a very fancy game. Perhaps I'm a honey-tongued demagogue uh, who is soothing you with his wonderful sounding words. And I need to myself get to work on these things. So, uh, inshallah, uh, for that reason, I will, um, I will let you go, and I will also get on to my task as well. And uh, I make this dua that Allah vouchsafe it for you. And if you're listening and you feel so inclined, please make this dua Allah vouchsafe it for me as well. Uh, and that, uh, inshallah, we have uh, this one meeting here uh, in this world, if you're watching live or if you're listening. And then we have another meeting uh, in the next one. Uh, and even more happiness uh, and even more sweetness. Uh, I mean, if one of us say, if one of us makes it, inshallah, that they take their brother by the hand. If one of us makes it, we all make it. And if you find out that day that I was, a, uh, you know, uh, what you suspected all along that I'm a fraud or whatever, um, then uh, at least, you know, uh, at least you take pity and say, well, at least, uh, you know, we had those couple of moments in which, uh, in which we tried our best. Uh, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted from all of us. وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته